If you were employed by the widget factory, you make widgets. You've got to know that showing up is step one. But you don't just show up to show up. That's not why you show up. You show up to make widgets. And if you fail at step one or two, no widgets will be made. Amen? I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church, and I thank you so much for turning us on and tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you up one side and down the other as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. I tell you, I'm really excited to be able to share this part of this teaching with you. Let me tell you, I had a 10-year-old boy ask me a few weeks ago what was my favorite thing to preach on. And this particular uh, outline was on my desk. And I said to him, you know, it's funny you should ask because this is it. I'll tell you why. We're going to be dealing with the issue of your special gift. Listen to me. If you claim to be a member of the forever family of God, you claim to be saved, born again, on your way to heaven, I'm telling you there's something in the Bible about your special gift. What do you know about that special gift? Folks, this will revolutionize the way you look at the church if you get a hold of this. Now, this is not some magic teaching. Listen carefully. I'm not trying to sell books or tapes. Now, I hope to, I have a couple of books. In fact, I have one I'm uh, attempting to publish right now, a devotional book. But I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm trying to help people just like myself, people like you, Come to know the truth, the balanced truth of the Word of God and how you fit into the church and just what it is that God has established when He created the church. You see, as I stated last week, I'm just blown away by people who have disparaging things to say about the church. Now listen, I have been through some difficulties within the church. I've been a pastor for over 43 years. I've been in the church for nearly 64 years. Now, well, actually, I have been in, uh, in around the church, haven't been a, a member of the forever family of God that long, but I've been around the church that long. And I know and understand this, the church is made up of people, and people do people things. That being said, there's no greater institution on the face of the earth than the church. It's something that Jesus said he would build. And I want to be on the right side of that, and I want to encourage you to do the same. Our text passage for this particular series is Ephesians chapter 4. I want to read uh, one verse from chapter 4 in your hearing, and we're going to jump right on the end of this. And it is found in verse number 7. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 7, and the Word puts it this way. However, He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Let me do that again. Look at your screen. However, He has given each one of us, each one of us, a special gift 
through the generosity of Christ. I pray that God would impress this truth on your heart as you listen to this teaching. Father, I lift up each one that's turned us on, whether they did so by uh, on purpose or by accident. And I pray that by the power of the Spirit, your word would penetrate their hearts and that they would know and understand this truth. Change their life by it. And the life of the church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. as the devil for he too shows up do you know what this time is for this time is for worship do not confuse worship with singing we use singing as a tool for worship we use praise as a tool for worship. But worship doesn't start on the outside. It isn't external. It starts on the inside. It is you willfully lifting up, uh, giving some adoration to the great God of creation, hallowing his name. That's what this time is for. It just amazes me how people come into a time like this with all kinds of agendas. But this time is for you to come and worship the Lord. Isn't it wonderful to have a place where we can do that, knowing that we have brothers and sisters around the world that cannot do that publicly today? If they do, they could be killed on the spot. We can. It's a time for worship. It's a time for instruction. That's why I try to teach you. Pastor Terry, what's up with these study notes? What's up with them TV monitors? What's up with all, what's up with Bereans? Because I'm trying to instruct you, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that next week, the Lord willing. This is a time of instruction. It is also a time for that which is highlighted in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. And I'm glad you brought that up. Turn over there with me. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. Do you notice my countenance? I'm smiling. Donna tells me when we're taking pictures, smile. I'm like, I am smiling. That's, that's what my smile looks like. I want you to look, listen to Romans, uh, Romans, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. This is the word of God. How many of you believe that the Bible is the word of God? How many of you believe that? Well, we'll see. He says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Does that make sense? You understand what he's saying? There's some people that do not come together for gatherings like this. He says, don't give that up. Some are already in the habit of doing it. That's why he mentioned it. So, What's this other reason why we come together? Worship, instruction, look at this. But let us encourage one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, watch this church. We do not just show up to be encouraged. But rather what he's saying here is we show up to be an encourager. 
you digging what I'm saying here? It's not feed me, preacher, feed me, preacher. What can y'all do? I don't like that music. I don't like this. I don't like that. Ah. It's not a receiving thing. It's a giving thing. You understand the difference between being encouraged and being an encourager? Well, that's what we're being told right here. Can you imagine? Put on your little imagine hats for just a moment. Can you imagine how church would change if just two things happen? First of all, if, if all the members attended one Sunday... Can you imagine? Or those who are affiliated with New Life Community Church, if everyone attended and everyone purposed to put courage into some significant other that's in attendance. Beloved, this is revolutionary. At the core, it would mean that each one of us arrive, we come on the scene with this dogged determination, this tenacity to do something for one of the other body parts. Did you fulfill that mission yet today? Did you? Did you? Ain't nobody said nothing to me this morning. Ain't people stuck up. Ain't nothing but a click. Hey, let me ask you. What have you said to others this morning? You. Did you encourage anybody? You know what the Bible says? The Bible says give, and you know what will happen? It will be given back to you. That's what it says. You sow some seed. What happens when you plant tomato seed? You get tomatoes, one little seed, and you get all kind of tomatoes. It's seed time and harvest taught in the Old Testament. It goes all the way through the Bible. It's for real. Whoo, that's some good preaching right there. I'm not going to charge you for that. That's, that's extra. Number seven on your study notes, I need to try to wrap this up. Your unique and responsible role has been determined by God. Here's what that means. That means that you should purpose to spend some time in communion with God. We call that prayer. And here's what prayer is. It's a time of communion with God. Not just holding up your Christmas wish list and telling God what to do, but spending some time in communion with God. Yes, praising Him, adoring Him, bearing your soul to Him, and then being quiet and listening for him. You should purpose to spend some time in communion with God in order to, watch this, ascertain what it is that he has purposed for you. So you see, once you are born again, and that's step one, being born again, filled with Holy Spirit of God, once that happens, then can you be encouraged to settle that you are going to pursue God? Isn't that a novel idea? Someone pursuing God? Can you be encouraged to pursue God until he makes it crystal clear what your role is? People say to me quite often, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know where I fit in. I just don't, I don't understand this thing. Hey, I've just given you a golden nugget. Pursue God until he makes it clear to you. 
I'm here to help more about that next week, but you are going to have to make up your own mind. Can you imagine, Patrick, stand up. Patrick, a cameraman, I'm going out of the camera. Can you imagine me trying to tell Patrick what to do? Hard-headed as he is. Say amen right there. No, I'm just saying, she nodded. Don't. Can you imagine me trying to tell him what to do? I don't want to tell you what to do. I wouldn't listen. But I do want, even here, I thank the Lord for what you do. Do you know why he does what he does here? Because I pay him big bucks. No, you do what you do here because you love the Lord. Yeah. You sought the Lord and you found your place. Yeah. It's not because I made you do, not Simple. because I made you do something. Isn't that right? Simple. Thank you very much. You might be seated. By the way, did we rehearse that ahead of time? No. Let me tell you about that. I've got a hasten. I've got two long stories to tell you, and I need to get to them. Okay? Whatever that role is, I promise you it's more than just showing up. Now, that is step one. But think with me for just a moment. If you were employed by the widget factory, you make widgets. You've got to know that showing up is step one. But you don't just show up to show up. That's not why you show up. You show up to make widgets. And if you fail at step one or two, no widgets will be made. Amen? Well, we have something that we're supposed to be about here. It's called discipleship and evangelism. Edification and evangelism, building up others in order to, building up each other in order to reach out to others. And if we fail to show up and, and do that, then those things are not going to happen. Doesn't that just make sense? It's more than just showing up. Now, let me get back to this special gift thing that we were talking about. I asked, what do you know about your special gift? Pastor, I'm not convinced I have this special gift. You may be right. You may not be convinced that you have this special gift. You may not have willfully declared that you have this special gift. But if you believe the Bible and you believe the Bible is the word of God, then catch this word from God. Verse 7, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Here's how this works. You do not know certain things. But when you begin to read this, you discover certain things. You may not have been convinced beforehand, but you read this and it's alive. It jumps out at you. You say, oh, so that's the way it works. Now I know. Amen. Pastor, I'm not going to admit I have a special gift because if I do, you'll expect me to use it. Therein lies the problem. I do not believe it is an accident that this truth of Ephesians 4, 7 is reiterated in another verse 7. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 12 and 7. I want you to see this. Here's what it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. It says, now, to each pastor, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for his personal fulfillment and enjoyment. Is that, 
Is that what it says? Are you sure? Now to each one. Everyone say each one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, what does that mean? When I was in the fifth grade many, many years ago, all of the fifth graders in the Alamance County School System received a treat. We got to get on the cheese crate, one of those yellow buses, and ride about 30 miles up to what is now Elon University, at that time Elon College, I'd never seen anything that big in my life, but we were able to ride up on the bus. That was a treat. At that time, I was walking to school uphill both ways in the snow, so this was really cool to be able to, to ride this bus, and we were treated to an orchestra, uh, an orchestra, a symphony orchestra. <laughs> Most of you know I'm a bluegrass man, so amen right there. I play the banjo, the bass, guitar, all those kind of godly instruments. But we, we go into this auditorium, and there's all a hundred chairs and all these musical instruments. And I was just blown away by all that. The big tubas and all these, the bunch of these little bitty fiddles, but they didn't call them fiddles. And then they had some bigger fiddles, and then they had some big old fiddles. And I was overwhelmed by all this. And my teachers were shocked that for about an hour out of my scholastic career, I was quiet. All of a sudden, all these people come out and sit in these chairs, and they picked up all their little individual instruments. Everybody say individual. And boy, they started cranking on them, and it was beautiful, right? No, it was horrible. They were tuning them. It was awful. Twisting, turning, all this. And I thought, if this is what the orchestra is about, I'm glad I'm a bluegrass man. We don't do that. Pretty soon, this fella comes walking out of the side, and I guess they told us who he was, and he had this little stick. Looked like dowel rods that my dad made little things out of. He tapped, 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 started flopping that thing around, and all of those individuals that had been making all of that racket brought those instruments up, and all together on the same sheet of music, just blew me away, started playing this music. And I'm like, is that really coming from them? Or are they just playing this over the PA system? This is unbelievable. Now, why did I tell you that? I don't remember. <laughs> I told you that to tell you this. That is a type of the church. Look at all of these different instruments we have here this morning. And, you know, honestly, sometimes it just sounds like we're tuning up. But consider, if we'd all get in tune and get on the same sheet of music and look to the conductor, what kind of wonderful harmony could come forth? What a beautiful product could come forth as we exercise, we engage that routine. Listen, if you are born again and spirit-filled, which is God's desire and purpose plan for you, he has assigned to you, whoever you are, one of about 27 different spiritual gifts 
to work in you and probably more important as far as I'm concerned to work through you for a specific purpose. That is the common good. So that it doesn't just sound like a racket, a bunch of people tuning up, but it sounds like a beautiful piece of music. Now listen, it's number eight on your notes. Fill this in and I'm winding down slowly but surely. I find this incredibly encouraging to this extent. It's incredibly encouraging to know that God Almighty has purpose to place something inside me, has purpose to place something inside you, that when that something is recognized and engaged, it will prove to be beneficial to other people, not just you. Are you with me? Hey, I'm painting a beautiful picture of the church before you this morning. I trust that you're beginning to see it. Now listen, beloved, this goes back to my opening statement. Some things called the church aren't at all a reflection of the church presented in the New Testament. And in my humble opinion, it's okay, and I, I completely understand Persons who have had a less than perfect experience with such, and therefore they embrace the opinion that they don't like it. There are some things, even in our own community, they have a sign out front that advertises the church, and I don't like what I see either because it doesn't reflect this, and it doesn't reflect Jesus. The church, the real thing, is comprised of people. Now, they're born again, spirit-filled, but they're people nonetheless. Help me out, church. What do people do? They do people things. I look around here. I'm like, one of y'all going to do something people this week? You're sure shooting. You don't ever know who it's going to be. Not me, not me. Somebody will do a people thing, won't they? That's what people do. But let me tell you the difference between natural people and supernatural people. Supernatural people live out the Word of God. And we're told in this model prayer, we call it the Lord's Prayer, but it's not the Lord's Prayer. It's His model prayer for us. We pray all the time, Father, forgive me my sins as I Forgive those who sin against me. See, born again, people get that. They get that. And you can read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, there's a, the love is defined. Love is defined in all kind of crazy ways in our world today. But love is defined as patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It is not proud. How many of you know there are religious institutions all over this land today that are loaded with impatient people and unkind people and envious people and braggadocious people and pride-filled folks? That's not the church. You see, the church is an organism envisioned and designed by God Almighty, and in the process of being built up, being built by Jesus Christ, watch this, it's not okay to not like that. Make sense? 
It's not okay for you to determine that you have a better plan than Jesus. Because very simply, you do not. You may have a good plan, but you don't have a better plan than Jesus. Say amen right there. And beloved, you may not understand the plan, and I totally understand that. I told you it started out when I was 15 years old, and I was reading. There was a lot I didn't understand. I asked a lot of questions. 50 years later, nearly, there's still a lot I don't understand, and I'm still asking questions, and I know where to find the answers. Still asking those. Because you do not understand the plan doesn't serve as a reason for you to go off on some personal tangent, if you please, of creating something else. Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. There is a part two to this teaching, and we'll look forward to sharing that with you. And I want to encourage you not to miss it because it is very important. But let me wrap up tonight by saying this. Personally, I say to you, I find it very fulfilling that God has purposed to put something inside me, watch this, and put something inside you that when it is recognized, when you say, hey, it's there, there's something there. And when you purpose to engage it, it will serve to put courage into other people. How incredible is that? Seems like so many are looking for their place in the world. And let me tell you, I encourage you to find your place in the church as you determine your place in the world. And it's very important that you get those two things in the proper order put God first and all the other things will flow. And when you do so, when you put God first and you recognize His gifting within you, then it brings to you great fulfillment as you begin to realize that you can pour into other people in a phenomenal way, in a way, again, that brings fulfillment to your own life. That, beloved, describes the church for me. That has been my experience with the church. Pastor, I went to church once and something goofy happened. People said this or did that or I was hurt or I was offended. I get all that. Listen, if you hang out with people, I don't care who your closest friend is or it matters not who your closest friend is. At some point in time, you guys are probably going to bump heads. I'm speaking to some married couples right now. You love each other. You would go to war for one another, but you bump heads on occasion. You don't stop loving each other. You don't stop being married. Let me do that again. You don't stop loving each other or stop being married. You work on it together and you work it out and you end up on the other side of that conflict, a better person, a better couple, a better marriage, better life. Same thing with the church. You endure those times. Sure, iron sharpens iron. Be encouraged to find out what your gifting is and to recognize it and to engage it and to continue to work at it with all your might. That's what the church is all about. Actually, let me say it this way. You don't work at it with all your might. You work at it in the power of the Spirit. More about that in the days to come. Well, I don't want to preach you another sermon right here. Let me uh, pray for you. Let me share with you. Uh, a couple of announcements, and then we'll, uh, we'll move on. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on this telecast, and I pray in the power of the Spirit that you would speak to each heart. Help us to know and love you, to understand what our gifts are, and how we can be a help to others. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Do be reminded, beloved, that New Life meets each and every Sunday, 10 o'clock. We also have morning work, or a midweek celebration, I should say, Wednesday 
at 7 o'clock. Something for nearly every member of the family. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church, wishing you a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back? Mm -hmm.